Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Matthew, Happy New Year to you and everybody out there. Yeah, Happy New Year to you as well. Yeah. yeah did, you, did, you, did you guys stay up till midnight? I did not. No, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just watched a little bit of TV and, yeah. you know, that was it. I went to bed about 1130 like nice. I always do. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. How about you? Did y'all have a big celebration? Fireworks? We, we did. Well, we went over to a friend's house and enjoyed some 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 fun games and um, some friends, friendships yeah. over there. But yeah, it was funny. Two years ago, I did not stay up for New Year's. Stayed up until about 1030 or so. But I pulled up the prior year's New Year ball drop on YouTube and watched it. And, and it, was, it was a little bit of a celebration. But this yeah. year, I did I did stay up till, till midnight, which was fun. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. It was great holidays. Wow. A great finish to the year in the stock market. Um, well, you know, yeah. it's exciting to see the market recovering um, from the three bad months that it had coming into to uh, November. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, so that put us, you know, put the market in a good place for the end of the year. Um, so we got lots to talk about with yeah. the stock market. That's yeah, right. yeah. And how about football? Um, you know, the uh, we had the playoffs here that that got started yep. uh, this week. Very and, interesting. Uh, very interesting, boy. Uh, Georgia just thumped Florida. They, they squeaked by, State. didn't they? They, they squeaked by they about squeaked sixty by. points. Yeah, sixty points. Good yeah, night. I mean that was a thumping. Yeah. It was. Uh, they, they answered the question of whether Florida State deserved to be in playoffs. Clearly, Ooh. no. Man, that <laughs> so, was rough. And then Alabama uh, lost. Alabama lost, lost to Michigan. Michigan. That yeah. was interesting to see. And then uh, I guess it was Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, one out. So yeah, it'll be Washington and Michigan, uh, Michigan yeah, in the playoffs. So, so very be a good game. Yep, Monday yeah. coming up Monday. There you go. There you go. So good start to the year here. And we have speaking of a good start. I mean, we have some interesting things to talk about. Um, you know, we're going to start off with the twelve signs that you'll always be middle class. Now, now that sounds a little mean, <laughs> doesn't <laughs> it? But you know, we're just talking about bad money habits. Um, mm. it's kind of a subtitle to it. Um. So you want to start off 2024, you know, on the right foot, and you want to get rid of these bad money habits. And undoubtedly, you might have one or two of these, mm. and you might have a bunch of them. I don't know. They're very common. So it'll be interesting. You want to stay tuned for that. Yeah. Then the second article we'll touch on is from Kiplinger, and uh, it details, it, it's more um, numbers-based, uh, more just kind of an FYI, but for 2024, uh, how is retirement planning changing? And there's four ways that we just want to make you aware of um, four new uh, interesting facts for 2024. So that'll be later in the show. Yeah, that'll be interesting as well. By the way, I'm Steve Marbert. I'm a certified financial planner and a Dave Ramsey SmartVestor Pro with over 28 years experience in financial planning and investment advice. And I'm Matthew Travis. I'm also a certified financial planner and have been here at the firm for coming up on six years now. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) It does. Well, we're excited to have you listen to us today on our weekly show. Our podcast up every Friday morning. Um, check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Um, and you can you know listen to us on iTunes. Um, of course, you can link to us right there on our website and listen to us. All of our old shows are there, so you can check us out there and listen to the old shows. So you get they're they're sorted by uh, topic, um, well by weeks, mm-hmm. but they're listed by topics, so you can look through all the topics we've covered hundreds and hundreds of topics over the last 10 
or 12 years huh. on the show. So, uh, yeah, look through there and um, listen to some of the old shows and certainly listen to the new ones there on our on our website, moneymd.net. We're going to start off here, Matthew, with the financial fact of the week, and I'm going to read that. So um, 2024 will be year four of the election cycle, right? Mm. Everybody knows that. We have a, we're in an election year here right. for the stock market under President Biden. Um, since... 1928, the four-year has been the second best year of the four-year cycle for the S&P 500, with the median gain in the fourth year of 9.5% for the S&P 500. Positive returns in about 74% of the time. Um, And the, uh, you know, year three ranks as the best year, which we just had year three. 83% of the time uh, had positive gains while year two ranks as the worst year with a, a gain of just 54% of the time. Mm. And it's interesting how that lined up perfectly in this wow. past cycle, right? Year two was terrible. That was 2022. 2020. Yep. And year three turned out it's to be a great pretty year. Pretty good year. So yep. year four, though, by these stats, might be a good year. Yeah. yeah and there's, there you go. And, and there's really no way to tell, no tell any of this. And so you know, part of this is kind of just saying, hey, people – some people think it's going to go up. Some people think it's going to go down. But when you look at the data, and we do still see that the markets go up more than they go down. And that's that's how we base our invest, investments uh, on over time. Yeah, even in the worst year, year two of the cycle, it's still you have a better chance than not it's going to be a positive year. Right. So, right. so there you go. That's that's the statistics of election year. Certainly the, the it's not against you. And the odds are in our favor mm. um, for year four of the election cycle. All right, and that leads up to our first topic here, and that's 12 signs you'll always be middle class. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, the, it's kind of a negative <laughs> title, right? But yep. it's really talking about bad money habits, and this is based on an article out of uh, GoBankingRates.com, Jennifer Taylor, very recently. And um, But Matthew, as we head into the new year, I mean, it's time to assess kind of where we're heading financially and how we can improve our situation in the future. And, you know, that's what this segment really is related to. And like I said, it's related really to bad money habits. You know, are you improving your situation? Are you stuck in the middle class forever with these bad money habits? Um, You know, there's certainly nothing wrong with being middle class, but I mean, most people aspire to climb, you know, out of the middle class and eventually hit at least upper middle class or even the affluent or upper class. so you might be wondering, you know, if the path you're on currently um, will lead you up the ladder to the next level where you don't always have to be concerned with every dollar you spend and where that goes. Um, advancing up the chain to a higher level of wealth doesn't usually just happen by itself. I mean, if you want to reach a more affluent level, then you have to make a host of wise financial decisions to avoid, you know, things that would impede your progress. However, I mean, by definition, you know, most people never climb out of the middle class and for good reasons. I mean, they simply make poor financial decisions and they fall into the trap of having bad money habits and attitudes. Um, So here are 12 signs that you're in that camp and you'll always be part of the middle class. And again, this is not necessarily looking at income. It's more of the decisions that you make um, just day to day. And that's what we'll look at. So the first one would be you have a taste for luxury that you can't afford, that you cannot afford. Um, okay, so we all enjoy nice things, uh, but there's a difference between choosing a ribeye over a sir- sirloin 
and deciding you want to routinely eat at Ruth Chris um, on a regular basis. Extravagances like expensive cars and designer clothes can be nice, um, but if you have zero money in savings and you're struggling to pay bills and don't have a retirement plan, then these choices are, are a bad sign. In fact, this is one indication that you might never get to the next level and you might always be in debt as well. Yeah, that's right. You want to watch out for that one. You know, you can't have a taste for too much luxury. Um, also, I mean, if you make emotional financial decisions, clearly that's a bad sign. I mean, spending money on a whim rarely ends well. So it's important to make a budget, stick to it, you know, because financial decisions based on emotion usually turn out poorly. Um, you know, the extra time it takes to run the numbers on a purchase makes sense if, you know, it really shows you if it'll be worth your peace of mind um, to, to make that purchase. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is especially true with large purchases. You know, it can allow you to avoid overspending at the wrong time. So delay your significant purchase and weigh, weigh your financial decisions against your long-term goals to make to take the emotion out of spending. Mm. Um, you know, spending on a whim is definitely a sign that you may, you know, still be clipping coupons in retirement mm. or even, you know, working the checkout line at the local grocery. Mm. So you want to be careful there about making emotional financial decisions. Also, I mean, if you forego saving for the future to fund your kind of in-the-moment experiences, that's also a bad sign. And it's kind of related to those emotional decisions but yeah, practicing self-discipline can be hard, but you have to do it and you can do it. And remember, the sacrifices you make today will allow you to enjoy a more comfortable tomorrow. You know, this is not to say that you need to grind it out 24-7, but, you know, be reasonable with how you relax and unwind until you're in a position where you can truly afford to splurge. Mm. Yeah, that's good. And... um this next one we see often uh, and we hear often is to blame politics and we're in 2024 election year, like you mentioned earlier, uh, but to, to blame politics for your financial situation. Although our money does uh, indeed have faces of dead presidents on it, the number of bills in your wallet uh, rarely has anything to do with who's in office. Yes, policies can impact aspects of your financial world, um, but playing the victim card won't change it. Uh, if you want to get ahead, you need to forget about what, um, you know, who's in office um, and, and put that situation into your own hands and really focus on how you can take uh, the situations that have been given to you and make, um, you know, make, make lemonade out of lemons, as the saying goes. Uh, we all have some challenges, but to forge ahead, we need to focus on things you can control and, and to really understand what is outside of your control. And in large part, you can vote and we can <laughs> you know, make that decision for our, you know, politicians, but largely that's out of our control. And so it's really focusing on, again, what you can control. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, can't blame politics or anything for that matter. And you just got to take what, what you, you know, what God's given you and you got to make the best of it mm -hmm. and uh, forge ahead with that. Um, so um, another sign is, you know, you pass up financial, uh, professional growth for comfort. Um, you know, when you work, a full day, it can be hard to get motivated to work harder or to do anything work-related in your free time. You know, and, and it's not necessary for you to work 80-hour work weeks routinely, but, you know, if you can spare, you know, three to five hours per week, 
you can use that time to network, to read a book, to take a class or reflect on your, your work week. Um, you know, th- this is not, this may not bring about significant changes overnight, but it can open up professional opportunities for you to benefit for you and your family personally over the long run. Mm. Um, so you need to kind of lean in if you want a better future for yourself and your family. Um, so yeah, just, just taking every opportunity for professional growth Mm. is certainly a good move and uh, a good sign for your future. Um, another sign though, is you're not financially aware, you know? So if you don't understand how much income you're bringing in or how much in expenses that are coming out of your accounts, then you're likely not going to go anywhere. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, this results in kind of a lack of financial awareness, and a lack of intentionality regarding your money. Mm. So if you want to get ahead, you know, you're going to have to wrap your arms around your finances, get a clear picture of where you stand and where you're headed financially. Mm. Yeah, that's good. This next one is, um, you know, if you're in debt, um, this is a big one, right? You're leveraging your expenses with an excessive amount of debt through credit cards or personal loans. And this is a clear sign that, Uh, It's going to be really hard to take the next step in your financial journey until you get out of this debt. The debt spiral leads to an increasing monthly expense that can make it challenging to build wealth through saving and investing. Therefore, if you're in debt, um, it's time to focus on getting on that path to paying it off um, and and using um, the debt snowball, uh, which is paying your smallest balance first and paying that off aggressively and then taking that payment and the, the second lowest payment, uh, your balance, and then rolling those into the next balance uh, until eventually you're out of debt, that can really snowball into the wealth building snowball as well. Because when you're not paying money out to lenders or to credit card companies, you're able to pay yourself first. And, and that's, again, a good way to build wealth long term. Yeah, absolutely. That's super important. And that is Certainly the building block to uh, getting out of the middle class and moving forward in financial life. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, another sign would be, another negative sign would be that you don't have a long-term financial plan. I mean, individuals who remain in the middle class often don't have a clear financial picture of the future. Mm. Um, they don't have a plan, you know, and this lack of direction can hinder wealth accumulation and management as it's it's challenging to progress financially without specific goals or a roadmap. So if you don't have a long-term financial plan, you know, consider making one as soon as, po- as soon as possible because without a clear roadmap of where you're, where you're heading or how you're going to get there, it's unlikely you're ever going to end up in a better place. Mm. So clearly that would be a negative picture. You want to get rid of <clears throat> that um that negative uh, sign in your life about yeah. not having a plan. Next, though, you know, you, 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 if you take too conservative approach to investing, that's also a bad sign um, of where you're headed. You know, while caution with investing is certainly prudent, um, over conservative strategies or avoiding the stock market altogether can lead to returns that won't keep pace with inflation or won't grow by any significant amount over time. You know, this often stems from kind of a fear of risk, which, you know, can be mitigated through education, through proper diversification. Um, The more you learn, the more comfortable you will be investing your money in vehicles that allow you to build wealth over time 
But that's the key. You got to have a portion of your money in the stock market. You can't take too conservative approach. If you do, you will definitely be stuck and not not advancing in your financial life. Yeah, and we see that with clients that they're they're fearful of the market, and you know, especially if there's turbulence or volatility, or you know, through COVID, they just want to go to cash, and maybe they leave it in cash, and those decisions can affect your retirement. They can affect uh, your again your financial plan. So it's important to understand. Uh, again, the education behind, you know, why, why do we invest? How, how do we invest in that, in that such? So another one would be uh, if you don't have an emergency fund, you never know when an unplanned expense will head your way. Um, so you need to be prepared. And without a financial buffer, uh, unexpected expenses can lead to debt and disrupt your financial stability. And so without an emergency fund, you'll have debt because the unexpected will happen from time to time. And if, again, if you don't have that cash, typically you put it on a credit card. And if you, again, are building wealth, excuse me, if you're building debt, um, that's not a way to build wealth long-term. So, you know, that, that would be one is to have that emergency fund. It's not fun. It's not wild and crazy. It's just going to be sitting in cash or a money market account, but it's there for when you need it. So you don't go into debt. Yeah, that's definitely the finance foundation of any good financial plan. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. Um, You know, another sign, bad sign for you getting out of the middle class would be you succumb to lifestyle creep. Mm. Okay. So what is that? That means when you get a raise, you know, it's tempting for your lifestyle to go up a notch every time you get a raise, right? You, but developing this habit will hinder your financial progress. It will likely keep you from, you know, from, from getting over that next hump, you know, and kind of climbing up the ladder financially. Um, you know, lifestyle inflation is where expenses increase in line um, as your income goes up, you know, but it'll also prevent wealth accumulation. You know, this pattern reflects kind of a, uh, a challenge in balancing the present enjoyment with future financial security. So it's certainly fine to celebrate, you know, a raise, you know, with a night out maybe, but you know, building it into your lifestyle, it creates this continual drag on your financial journey that eventually will grind it to a halt. Mm-hmm. So don't let the lifestyle creep hinder your your progress. And then lastly, um, you know, your financial literacy isn't great. That would definitely be a bad sign mm-hmm. as well, because financial literacy is a key component to moving forward financially. Um, and so, you know, this involves not just learning about finance, but also overcoming psychological barriers to implementing that knowledge effectively. You know, if you're able to recognize and address these patterns, you know, this can serve as an important step forward to your financial growth. So, you know, work on your financial literacy, learn what you need to, to be able to prosper in 2024, make this the year that you get on the right path to a better future. So make sure you aren't trapped in any of these poor money habits and you're setting yourself up for success to reach your financial goals this year. That's mm. the moral of the story. So, um, yeah, good article. There you go. Yeah. And that leads us up here to our question of the week. Yeah. And this question, um, it's a good, good question. And it's kind of, it's timely for the beginning of the year. It's question is this markets had a good year in 2023. Should I do anything different for my accounts in 2024? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I mean, oftentimes people look at a good year like last year and they get the feeling that, okay, it's got to revert back to the mean. We have to have a big drop. 
going forward. Um, and so we do get that question quite often. Gee, should we get out of the market for a while or should we pull back right. and go more conservative? Well, the truth is you can't time it. You know, just because you had one good year doesn't mean that the next year is going to be bad, you know, or that the market's going back down, that it's got this this glass ceiling that it, right. the market won't go through. You know, the truth is the market has returned about 10 or 11% per year over the last 80 years, mm. right? And so, um, you know, we, we've had, we had a good year last year, but it kind of made up for the year before. So we really had a couple years where the market hasn't returned anything. It just right. kind of, you know, went down and came back up. So right. it really, there's lots of room, I think, for the market to make up for lost time. Having said that, no one can time the market. We don't know what 2024 holds for the market. You know, there are a lot of positive signs with inflation being down, with the Fed more or less being done with raising interest right. rates. Um, so a lot of analysts think this is going to be a good year. Um, I certainly would not, you know, succumb to your emotions as we just described in the previous segment. And I would not make a, a move based on your emotions. Mm -hmm. I would... Position yourself based on your long-term goals and your comfort level for risk based on where you are in life, you yeah. know, and where you're, where you're headed. So, uh, yeah, definitely don't, don't make a move based on where the markets did last year or where we stand for this year. Yeah, that's good. Good question of the week. All right. And that leads us up here to our next topic. And that is, um, yeah, I mean, markets, uh, well, four ways retirement planning is changing in 2024. Yeah, so th this new year will usher in, you know, more changes um, in your life. You know, people talk about New Year's resolutions and things that they want to, you know, get a handle on or things they want to change in their lives. And retirement planning is also changing. And here's four ways um, that we'll uh, talk through and, and <clears throat> you know, kind of just give you a quick update. If you have any questions on these, please feel free to reach out to us. We'd be happy to, to think through these with you and, and for your situation. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the first one here is, of course, the contribution limits have increased for IRAs and 401ks. Um, you know, fortunately, these are indexed to inflation. Um, so what's happened is, um, you know, there have been increases in, in the contribution limits and a traditional IRA or a Roth has increased for 2024. The annual limit for an IRA um or a Roth has gone up to seven thousand dollars in mm. 2024, up from 6,500 last year. So you should adjust your monthly contribution if you're contributing monthly to get that new, you know, maximum mm -hmm. amount you can put into your Roth or your IRA. Um, and the catch-up contributions um, actually have not changed; those are still a thousand dollars if you're over 50. So 8,000 total if you're over 50, mm -hmm. you can put in your IRA or your Roth. Seven thousand if you're under 50. Um, but yeah, I mean, not everybody can take advantage of those, uh, those contributions, um, because the, the limit for uh, your adjusted gross income, mm -hmm. um, also went up, but it's 146,000 if you're single, 230,000 if you're joint, that's where the phase out starts mm -hmm. for contributing to a Roth. Um, if you're over that income level, then you probably can't contribute, um, gotcha to the Roth. So, uh, but individuals, they can also contribute more to their 401k plans for 2024. Um, uh, contributions for employees have gone up to, uh, 23,000 for this year, up from 22,500. Um, <clears throat> as well as, um, over 50, 
you can now contribute 30500 this year um, with the catch-up contribution. So, um, yeah, so that's good news. Everything's gone up. You put more money away for retirement. Yeah, that's right. It's a good good deal. Uh, number two would be 529 plans can now be conf- can be converted into Roths. Uh, for parents whose students decide against college or if they qualify for scholarships and now don't need the 529 funds, the SECURE Act 2.0 passed in December of 2022 allows for a portion of the 529 to be rolled into a Roth IRA, tax-free and penalty-free, as long as certain conditions are met. Um, and, you know, these conditions, they really do, um, they do limit the amount of people that um, can, can do this rollover as far as how long it's been opened, how much you can put in, and who it's for. Um, but here are some of those. You can, you can now roll over in 2024 up to 35000 from a 529 plan into an IRA, uh, free of income tax or penalty tax. There are restrictions, again, um, you know, the, this 529 has to be opened, um, has, has to have been opened for f- at least 15 years. And not every state is allowing this if you have a state 529 plan. Um, but the key would be just to consider if you've had a long-term 529 plan open and you no longer need that, um, can you open up a Roth IRA account for that child that's the beneficiary on that account and, mm-hmm. and, and move it into their their Roth IRA account? So again, some stipulations that your state will have to be on board with if it's a state 529 plan, but definitely something to consider if you have a large 529 plan. Yeah, that's an interesting development for sure. Um, you know, in 35000 that's a that's, that's a, a big nice, number. nice chunk yeah. you could put in there. really give you a great start if you have that kind of money left over mm-hmm. in your 529 plan. So very interesting, something to pay attention to and consider. Yeah. Um, okay, another change is starter 401ks are coming. Um, so the starter 401ks, they're simplified employer-sponsored plans with lower savings limits than a standard 401k. Um you know, yeah, I wish they would just make the whole thing simpler. Goodness you know, gracious. I mean, because now we've got another whole plan here. Yeah, it's, it's different rules. and Different rules. I mean, they just need to simplify it and make everybody the same. But anyway, here we go. So we got a new plan. Um, however, employers are not allowed to make contributions to the account, and auto-enrollment is required. Um, so it's just going to be the employee that can make contributions in 2024, employers that do not sponsor a retirement plan can now offer a starter 401k defer, deferral-only arrangement. For 2024, the, the 401k limits are going to be $6,000 annually with a $1,000 catch-up contribution beginning at age 50. Mm. Of course, I don't know why you do that if you could contribute to a regular IRA. Right. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe it's on top of a regular it's IRA. same thing. It's going to be on top. I yep. gotcha. Yep. Yeah. In addition to... Uh, that makes sense. So it's a little bit extra you can put in. Yeah, employees can now contribute an extra $500 to their 401k plan starting in 2024, as we just mentioned earlier. Um, but starting in 2024, there are more exceptions allowing employees to tap into their 401k plans early without penalties. Um, they're still subject to taxes, of course. Um, but this includes withdrawing $1,000 per year and avoiding the 10% penalty for people who have experienced a family or personal financial emergency. Um, This rule also permits certain penalty-free withdrawals in the case of domestic abuse. Of course, we would suggest 
don't touch your 401k plan. Yeah, and that's why we'd have an emergency fund on the outside that, you know, when something happens, family emergency comes up, we're able to pay for that with cash on the outside. There you go. And this last update for you guys, it's um, if you're taking Social Security, then, then you've experienced it or will experience it soon with your first check in 2024. But Social Security checks have climbed by 3.2% due to the cost of living adjustment. Um, from this year compared to last year. If you're taking, if you have spousal benefits, those will increase as well. And then also if you're not claiming social security, but you're working currently, the wage um, limit or the, the taxes for social security is up to the wage amount of $168,600. So, you know, that increases that amount, which means more, more of your income, if you're over that amount, will go towards social security. But um, yeah, those are the those are the updates for Social Security for this year, and it's really driven due to the cost of living increases that we've seen in the inflation, which has decreased as of late, um, but it still went up you know a little over three percent. There you go. Okay, that's interesting. Good information. Um, lots of updates for the year and some new opportunities to save. So yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, those are all great numbers. All right, and that leads us up here, Matthew, to our last item, and that is the prescription of the week. Yeah, and this is a good prescription. We we are often asked, hey, you know, I've, I'm moving jobs. You know, I had an old 401k. I'm, I'm having a new 401k at my, my new job. What do I do with this old 401k or old retirement plan? It's a good, good, good question. And there's really three main options that we'd recommend. One would be to leave it there. Uh, excuse me, not recommend, but three options you have. One would be to leave it there, the old retirement plan. Um, the second would be to roll it into your new work retirement plan if they allow that. Right. And then the third would be to open up an IRA account um, or a Roth you know, IRA and a traditional IRA, depending on the type of money, and to move the old plan into the IRA account. And we typically recommend and we typically hear from clients the desire to consolidate, you know, moving from work to work to work. Um, you know, if you do have different jobs, consolidating into IRAs can be a great way to keep track of those old plans. So you don't have three and four, you know, different old retirement plans at different companies. So it's definitely up to you. And there's different decisions that go into, you know, whether you roll it in to an IRA or not, but those are the three main ways. And again, consolidating tends to be a good option for people. Yeah. Into an IRA. Yep. Like it. That was a great prescription of the week. And that brings us to a close for this week's edition for money MD. Tune in next week. There are more prescriptions for your financial health. Do check us out on our website, moneymd.net. Send us your questions. We'd love to hear from you. You can give us a call also at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Material in this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. All hosts are representatives of Richard Young Associates and registered investment advisor. 